0: With stones in her hands, they wait for the verdict. But the judgment's not what they expected. He said, you without sin cast the first stone. Her accusers then, they started to leave one by one. He forgave her her sins as... And he told her, he said, go and sin no more. And just then, as the sun breaks free in all of its fullness in the early morning in the temple there, Jesus spoke to them again, saying, and he says, it says again here in our text, because he's already said one time before, I am. This is the second I am that you will hear in the book of John. He says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Perfect timing by a perfect God just as the sun breaks free in its glorious light. If you read your scriptures, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about here because it was early morning. Jesus just left the Mount of Olives and he walks into the temple and he starts to teach just as day breaks. And it's breaking free in its glorious light and Jesus says, I am the light of the world. The sun bright and brilliant blinds the onlookers as as it rises from that eastern sky right behind where Jesus is standing, could it be that Jesus is comparing himself to the sun? For this would be, not be such a strange thing. Because you see, the Jews, the S-U-N, was a symbol of Jehovah God. So Jesus would have once again be claiming to be God right here in this moment. What a bold, vivid picture is painted here through the scriptures Now, I don't know if this is how it really happened, but we can use our sanctified imaginations and we can see this is probably how it could have happened. Jesus, there, standing in full sunlight, comparing himself to the sun, which was a symbol for Jehovah God, which would make him be claiming that he is God and he is the light of the world, saying, I am the light of the world. For me, the sun is the center of our universe. I don't really know what's beyond our solar system or the Milky Way galaxy. I can suppose that there's all kinds of things out there, and I could probably look at some of the pictures that the scientists are posting on that are taken with the Hubble telescope, and I might learn more about all that that is out there in this great unknown. And I surely don't understand what's all out there, and I really don't need to know what's out there. I just need to know that there is a mighty God who created it all. There is a mighty God who created all. He is a sovereign God and he is an everlasting God full of power. He breathes stars out of his mouth. And and that's why there's so many of them up there. That's why when you look beyond the Milky Way galaxy, there's millions more galaxies out there. I don't know how many times God has breathed in his lifetime, but it must be a bunch because there's millions and billions and trillions of stars out there. He breathed those stars out there. So I I don't need to know what all is out there in the cosmos. It's okay with me. I just need to know only that God, he created them, he created me, and because of that, he loves me. And it's okay if I don't understand everything. I'm going to tell you tonight, it's okay if you don't understand everything. Because we're not meant to understand everything. One of these days, all that stuff may may be shared and known to us. But the one thing you need to know is that God... Is the Creator. God created you, and God loves you. That's the one thing that you need to know tonight. This is what I do know, though. One of John's favorite descriptions of Jesus in the gospel is that he is the light. He uses that reference to Jesus over 22 times in this book of John that we are studying. The light of the world is clearly a Masonic title. When the people heard that Jesus uh, he make this statement, they would have remembered that Isaiah the, described the Messiah as a light for the nations, who would bring God's salvation to the ends of the earth. That's in Isaiah forty nine six. So when Jesus stands up and he calls out to the crowd, "I am the light of the world," he is identifying himself as the Christ and the Messiah. The one who's going to fulfill God's promise and make everything that's wrong with the world right again. However, the title, The Light of the World, does more than identify Jesus as the Messiah. It also identifies him as God. And it's been this way from the very beginning because it says there in John, in the first. First thing we studied in John was this right here. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. In him is life and the life was the light of men. In him was life and the light was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness could not comprehend it. Now, although the Old, see, well, it's all throughout the Old Testament, God is, is, is called light. Psalms 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? So add that to, to Jesus' claim right there. He is, the, he is the lightness of my salvation. Not just a messenger of God. He is God. He is divine. He is the Word. He is the Creator. He is life. And with the claim to be God comes a unique authority. That unique authority is He is the light of the world. Without light, there is no life. Without light, there is no life. Just think about this. Life with no S-U-N. Life without the sun. What would that look like? Have you ever watched a TV series Alone? They drop off men and women out in the middle of nowhere. And they survive. They they've got uh, they've got a couple of things they can survive with, but they drop them off out there in the middle of nowhere to survive. Now I was watching the show one time, and there was one that uh, that got in such a, a a deep depression because it had not it had not been sunny for days and days on end. It had rained and it was cloudy. This guy was sinking into a deep depression, probably was getting ready to check out of the game. But, But that next day, the sun come out. And I remember he just took his shirt off and he was just standing there facing the sun with his hands out, just soaking up as much sun as he could. The sun gives us light. It gives plants the sunlight to grow. Animals, including humans, we need plants for food, and we need the oxygen that the plants produce. Without sunlight, that does not happen. Without heat from the sun, the earth would freeze. The earth is so perfectly and precisely placed in position from the sun that it sustains life. Any closer, we would burn up. Any further away, we would freeze. So far, there, there is nowhere else in the universe that I know of that this is possible. Now, I wonder how that happened. Big Bang blew a rock right in the right spot. No, that's not how it happened. God created this perfect positioned place so that we'd be perfectly positioned to the sun. And if there was no sun, there would be no wind, no ocean currents, no cloud to transport water. The sun is essential to our health. And believe it or not, sun has some healthy benefits to it. It helps you sleep. It lifts up your mood it increases your energy it improves uh, your symptoms of mental health conditions it actually they say it lowers your blood pressure and lowers the risk of metabolic syndrome and it heals inflammation and it prevents cancer I've heard the opposite it causes cancer because I've had some places cut off of me that were probably caused by the sun it's good for your bones they say And they say it extends your life expectancy. Now, that is the S-U-N. But let me tell you about the S-O-N. He is the giver of all life. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. The benefits of the S-O-N go way beyond the S-U-N. He is your rest. He uplifts you. He uplifts your spirit. He increases your energy. He cures your mental health diseases. He cures your high blood pressure. He cures your cancer. And he extends your life expectancy to an eternity if you believe in him. According to Psalms 103, and we're just going to read Psalms 103 because I love this passage. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all ...of his benefits, who forgives your iniquities, who heals your disease, who remedies your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord's work is righteous and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He will not always shield nor will he keep his anger forever he does not deal with us according to our sins nor does he repay us according to our iniquities amen for that Amen for that. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Amen again for that. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame and he remembers that we are just as dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower in the field, for the wind passes over it and it is done, and its place knows no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, those who believe in him, and his righteousness to the children, children. To those who keep his covenants and remember to do his commands, the Lord has established his throne in heaven as his kingdom Rules over all. Amen. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his will. Obeying the voice of the world. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his workers in all places of dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. That's the S-O-N. That's the S-O-N. We have only one S-U-N, and it's in the center of our universe, and it is the source of life on this earth. So there is but one God, and he is the center of all and the source of all life. John, First John one five says, "This is the message which we have heard from him, and declare to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness." And you can go on to James and read that there is no shifting shadows in him. That means that his light is comes from within and beams out. Ephesians five eight eight through fourteen it says, "For you were all once." in darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness and truth. Find out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful workers of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For Whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. In the Old Testament, after he brought the nation of Israel out of Egypt, they found themselves trapped on the banks of the Red Sea. With Pharaoh closing in from behind, they begin to doubt, they begin to grumble, they begin to complain, they begin to disbelieve the word of God. But Moses told them, he told them, he says, "Trust in God and watch His salvation. Not watch your salvation." It says, "Watch His salvation." And when he had said that, the angel of God, who had went before the camp of Israel, he moved in between Pharaoh's encampment and Israel's encampment, and he stood there. He stood there. He came in from behind them, and he stood right between them. Thus it was a cloud and the darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that no one did come near each other all night. But this is that same light that goes out in front of them, leads them through the wilderness. From this point forward, God led his people through the wilderness and to the promised land with a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire of light at night. And all they had to do was follow him. All they had to do was follow him. So keep that in mind. All they had to do was follow him. Let's look at what the Bible says about light. Psalms 4 verse 6 says this right here. There are many who say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of your accountants accountants upon us. Lift up the light of your accountants. God has sent his light into the world so that his accountants will shine upon us. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, he created light. Now, the light that he created in the Hebrew is or. O-R. And it is a reference to the first wave of light energy that came upon the earth. But a few days later, God created some more things, some more things to be light. God placed light, or moor, M-A-O-R, in the Hebrew, which means light bearers. So we have light, and we have light bearers. These lights are two completely different kind of light. You ever thought about where the sun got its light from? Well, God created that light. God created that light, and he put that light into that sun, and that's what's, that's where we get all of this benefits from the sun that we get here on this earth. On that fourth day, well, because the earth was empty and lifeless and dark, God had to create light and fill it with light, but then on that fourth day, he put things in order by creating the sun and the moon to mark the seasons and the days. And these lights were different types of lights. One was to produce light, and the other one was to reflect light. Now, think about that. What do we have on this, on this planet right here? We can go outside. We'll be able to go outside tonight, and we'll be able to see it in the sky. It's called the moon. That moon is not a light bearer. It's a light reflector. It reflects light. If you were on the moon and you were looking back at the earth, the earth would be a light reflector. There is only one sun. That sun causes everything else to reflect off of it. So that's kind of a little science lesson for you. When God sent his son into the world to be the light, his light would reflect on those who would believe in him. We are to be the reflection of that light. In Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16, you you're familiar to you. You know this passage. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. We just sing the song about it. Don't put your bat light underneath the bushel, no. But up on a lampstand, so it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works so that the Father in heaven will be glorified by it. We are to reflect the light of Christ. If you believe in Christ, you're living, you're living for Christ, you're in here tonight as a Christian, you are to be a light reflector. You are to reflect the light of Jesus Christ. That is why he says, you are the light of the world. And the only way that people are going to see the light of Jesus Christ is because of you. Now, if we were lucky enough to live there in a time of Jesus, we would have been able to see that light. We'd have been able to look on it and see it. You know, I was working on a man's AC up at the lake the other day, and I was talking to him about Jesus. and, And he looked at me and he said, man, I can tell, I can look at you, and I can see that there is something different about you. The way you talk and the way you speak, the way you look, there is just something different about your accountants. And I said, it's because Christ lives in me, and I reflect who Jesus Christ is. That's what we have to do. That is our job. That is one of our only jobs here on this earth. It's not to make money. It's not to have nice things. It's it's that we love who Jesus is, and then we go out into this world that's lost and dying and going to hell. You've got family members dying and going to hell each and every day because you have not been the light that you need to be, reflecting who Christ is. That's what we need to do. Psalms fifty-six, thirteen says this, For you have delivered my soul from death, you have kept my feet from falling, so what are you going to do? That I may walk before God in the light of the living. He has delivered you so that you may walk in that light. You weren't delivered so you could go to heaven. You weren't delivered so you could so you think you can just live however you want. You were delivered so that you would be the light. Psalms 119, 105. Everybody should know this one. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Jesus is the word. He is the lamp. He is what lights our path as we walk. Isaiah 2, verse 5, O house of Jacob, come and let us walk in the light of the Lord. Again, we are to walk in the light of the Lord. We're supposed to walk in Christ's light. Isaiah 9, 2, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadows of death. Upon them a light has shined. This is a great prophecy that come from Isaiah. 700 years before baby Jesus was born, he came, before he came, and, and he says, for unto us a child is born. The light was been given. It was given in prophecy right here, and it was given 700 years later when Jesus came to this earth as a baby boy. Unto us a son is given, is what it says. No longer do we have to walk in darkness because Jesus has come. He's came. He's been here. He's left. He's resurrected. And he's going to come back and get us. Therefore, we should be walking in the light because if you're in darkness when he comes, I'm going to say he's probably not taking you with him because you're going to be in the dark. For God so loved the world that he gave us his son. For unto us a child is born. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Upon them a light is shined. Isaiah 49.6 says, uh, says uh, no, well, I'll tell you what, not only did God send the light to, to the Jews, but he sent it to us as well. He sent it to the Gentiles as well. And that's what, exactly what Isaiah 49.6 says. Indeed, he says, it is too small of a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore and preserve the ones of Israel. I will also give you, God is talking to Jesus right here. He says, I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles. That you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. Not only has He come, but He's come for everyone. If there, if there's any doubt in your mind that there, there's only certain people who are are called or elected or, or or predestined, no. The Bible says all. He says to the ends of the earth, the Jews and the Gentiles. That means everybody. Two more times in Isaiah does the Lord speak of His light. Isaiah. Uh, 60 verses 1 through 3 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and a deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light. And the king's... To the brightness of your rising. Isaiah 60 verse 20 says your sun, S-U-N, shall no longer go down. Nor shall your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be the everlasting light. And in the days of your mourning shall end. Amen. Amen. This is good stuff here. And Jesus, he, he began his Galilean ministry. Matthew wrote these words in chapter uh, 4, verse 16. He said, the people who sat in the darkness have seen a great light. We heard that a while ago, didn't we? And upon who sat in the region in the shadows of the death, light has dawned. Jesus was a great light, and he would draw all men unto himself. He would draw everyone unto himself. Those who would believe would become a great light as well. Well, we would hope that they would become a great light. Because some of us have not yet become those lights that we need to become. We're just sitting in our salvation, and we're not sharing and shining in our salvation. After, the, after Matthew writes these things, he begins to tell how the disciples were called. So they were called to be lights in Christ, to reflect his great light upon this earth. And John 3, 19 through 21 tells us, and this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the lights i tell you there was a time in my life that i loved the darkness more than i loved the light but now i don't even want to think about what the darkness is all i want to do is bask in the light and the glory of my savior and my god because of their deeds were evil for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light if you're still sinning in here today that means you like evil that's what the Bible just said. If you are sinning and you are in your sin, then you like evil more than you like the light. And you need to do something about that. You need to repent and you need to turn away and you need to start heading down the right road. At least his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light. He who does the truth comes to the light. That his deeds may be clearly seen. That they have been done in god therefore god gets all the glory again it's hard to overcome darkness by ourselves isn't it it's almost impossible actually it is impossible there's no if, ands or buts or about it you can't do it by yourself it can't be done we have to overcome the darkness and we can only do that through jesus christ that's the only way it can be done we are truly slaves to sin Bound like a prisoner in chain. Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. That means you are bound by sin. That means you're still in the darkness. That means you like evil rather than the truth. But Christ died to set us free from those chains of sin that has us bound. And if Christ makes us free, we are free indeed. That's what the scripture tells us. It says, and as a slave does not abide in the house forever, but the son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And that's great news for us, that we can overcome our sin, but only with the help of Jesus Christ can that be done. Peter tells us this right here. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people that you may proclaim and praise The praise of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Who once you were a people. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Jesus is the light of the world. He has taken it upon himself all of our sins. Every sin that's been committed by the people in this room. Jesus has bore that sin upon himself. That. And he all. He wants us to do is follow him. And live our best lives possible. With him. Through him. I can tell you that my life before Christ. Was not really a bad life. But in Christ. It's something completely and utterly different and better, so much better, so much more blessings, so much more things that I don't even have to worry, you know, you don't even have to worry about things anymore, when you have Jesus in your life, you don't have to worry about dying, that should be the last thing on your mind, well, it should be the first thing on your mind, really, because I want to get to heaven, and I hope it's today, I hope it's tomorrow, I hope it's whenever it is, but I hope it's soon, Or Jesus comes back really soon. I'm hoping for that, those things to happen. I want to be in heaven with my Jesus because the more I read about heaven, the more I'm longing to go. That's where I want to be. This life is much better. To have the knowledge that I have of my eternal hope, it allows me to live for him and live beyond all compare. The life in Jesus Christ. You know, I've told you all many times in here, I think that I have. But, but, you know, the the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. He will. My whole life, I wanted to be in a quartet. I wanted to sing in a quartet. And I'm doing that today. And it's all because of who Jesus is. Because he's given me those desires, and I'm using that to forward his kingdom in, in my ministry. He will i mean that's i I prayed for that i I begged for that that's all I wanted to do and now I get to do that that to me that's amazing that's just incredible that's just some of the benefits of God we read all those other benefits, but that's another benefit he gives you the desires of your heart if they're in his will a life that life in Christ Jesus is waiting for each and every one of us in here tonight if 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 we we will have those trials and we'll have those tribulations on this earth, but but this earth don't end in death for us. For those of us who are saved, this this life ends in a resurrection. Either your soul is resurrected to heaven and then your body one day, or your body's gonna be just lifted right up out of here. No matter what, the ending is not death, and death's just the beginning. Death could be the is the the beginning of the best part, I think, death will be just the beginning of eternal life. And just like the song says, 10,000 years will have just have started and 10,000 years will have just begun. And in that great beyond, that place called heaven, John gives us these words and revelations. John the Revelator. To encourage us as we dwell here on this earth. He, he gives us these words of encouragement. And it's about Jesus being that light in the city. And he showed me the pure rivers of water, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the middle of the street, on either side of the river, was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits. Each tree yielding its own fruit every month. And I told you that's where I'll be. If you need to look for me in heaven, I'll probably be sitting in one of those trees eating some of that fruit. The leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. And they shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. The need, they need no lamp. And they need no light from the sun. For the Lord God gives them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. Now, that doesn't mean there won't be no sun or moon. Because if you read in Psalms, you'll find out that, that, that God talks about his sun and moon is, is, is forever. The sun and the moon, is, is, they are eternal. Uh, so, I don't know. There's a lot of things I don't understand. But I know this right here. When I'm in that city, when I'm by that throne, it's going to be pure light. And it's going to be the light of Jesus Christ. When Christ calls himself the lie of the world. He's just not identifying himself as God. He is commanding all to follow him. Jesus is telling them in, in no uncertain terms, the only way for them to leave slavery is to submit to him. The only way to leave sin is to submit to him. To leave the bondage of sin is to submit to him. Just like in the Old Testament, the only way for them to make it through the desert, to reach the promised land was submit to to their Lord and to follow him. They had no other choice. They had no other choice but to follow him. But some still didn't. The only the only w- way to escape slavery to sin is to follow Jesus. The only way to know where to walk and to also make it to heaven is to follow Jesus. Jesus will lead you straight. To heaven. Jesus will lead you straight to heaven. If you want to find heaven, start studying. Start studying about Jesus and follow him, and you'll make it to heaven. Straight to the promised land. C.S. Lewis wrote this I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by its light I see everything else. I believe in Christianity as I believe in the sun. Not only because I see it, but because by its light I see everything else. That is a bold statement. By the claim to be the light of the world, Jesus is saying, only by me can you see or understand everything else. Only by me can you see and understand this world. Apart from Jesus, this world only makes sense because of Jesus. Start thinking about that. If God created the heavens and the earth, this, and it was Jesus that all things were made through, this world only makes sense because of Jesus. Your life will only make sense as you submit to Jesus. Your life will only make sense when you follow Jesus. Until the light of this world illuminates your world, you'll never make sense of this world. Until the light of this world illuminates your world, you will never make sense of this world. It's only because of Jesus. The imagery here is pretty simple if our world didn't have the sun not only would we not be alive but we couldn't even see to understand it jesus he is like the sun he is the sun and we can't make sense of this world that has so much evil but it has so much good too but without jesus jesus helps us see it he helps us understand it in jesus It's like this. We can embrace the reality of this world and its brokenness in sin, but we can do so with hope for Jesus has promised to fix it. He's going to fix this world one of these days. What side of that fix are you going to be on? Are you going to be on the side where you follow him and see it fixed, or are you going to be on the side of the world where you're going to be cast out into darkness? once again, forever and ever and ever. Our hope isn't in a fool's dream. It's rooted in the reality of Jesus' life, Jesus' death, and Jesus' resurrection. Jesus already defeated death, so we have the confidence he will one day banish death forever. Jesus is the light of the world, and only by following him Can we see? Tonight, can you see that you need Jesus in your life? And have you decided to follow him? As pigeon comes to play, that's the invitation. Can you see that you need Jesus? And have you decided to follow him? Church night, low crowd, everybody in here may be saved, but just in case... We still offer that invitation to come to Jesus. Jesus is calling you. He's asking you to come to him. He's asking you to give your life to him and follow him. If you want to go to heaven, you have to follow Jesus. If you want to go to heaven, you have to believe in him. You have to repent. You have to be born again. That's the only way to heaven. If you want to see Jesus in all of his glory one day and not all of his wrath, then you must follow him. You must believe in him. You must give your life to him and repent of your sins. If that's you tonight, these altars are here. We can show you through scripture how to give your life to him. As Christians, if you've strayed from your walk, and we've been in revival all week, praise the Lord for all that's gone on. That you need to live you may not be being that light that you need to be because only through you christ living in you will a lost world see the light that it needs to see jesus as it's up to us christian if that's at you tonight come and, and and repent and return to him give your life back to him and start focusing on christ to become that light that he is so he can reflect his light off of you to this lost and dying world. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Altars are open this evening for you to come and pray. Have you decided to follow Jesus? Father, God, Lord, how we love you. And God, we thank you for sending your light into this world. That the darkness that exists, we could walk out of by following that light. By following Jesus. Having decided to follow Jesus. Having given our lives to him, Father. We look forward to that day in heaven when we can see that light for ourselves in person. A light where there are no shifting shadows. God, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for, for this message tonight, encouraging us to be the light of the world that we need to be, Father. We love you. We praise you. Be with our prayer time as we begin it now, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.